Hello and welcome to the When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains podcast with me, your host, Tanya Valentin. I am a woman's archetype and mentor and I support midlife mums who are navigating change in their life to reconnect with what is truly important to them. I am also the author of the book, When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains, Five Steps to Reconnecting with Your Wild, Authentic Inner Queen. Welcome to the show, where we talk about women's awakening stories. All the women who share their story with us on the podcast have gone through their own awakening journey or had several awakening moments. And they are generously sharing with us what they learned through their own experience and how they have gone on to co-create magic in the world. If you are on an awakening journey, please realize that you are not alone and that there is so much support out there for you. Please be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your mothers, your sisters, your daughters, and your friends. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, beautiful listeners. Today's special guest is Rachel Ann Ridge. And I'm just so thrilled to have Rachel on the show. Um, Rachel and I met on a um, when we were doing a workshop together, and from different parts, from just you know totally opposite ends of the world, and found that our stories just so aligned. And so I'm just really excited to have Rachel on the show today. So Rachel is an author, she's an artist, a speaker, and a creative coach in Texas. And she just has such a delightful story um, because aided by a stray donkey who arrived on her doorstep and never left, Rachel bootstrapped her art and design business through the Great Recession in the U.S. while raising a family and honing her storytelling gift. As an author and a speaker, she delights audiences with her humor, insight, and as a creative coach, she helps clients discover their passions find their creative niches, and launch wholehearted businesses. Mum to three adult children and two rescue donkeys, Nana to five, you can find her online at rachelannridge.com. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a delight. Oh, it is just so amazing. Um, And we were just talking behind the show about all the amazing projects that you you have sort of under your wing at the moment. I have just um, come out of several months of deep creative uh, writing and art, and um, finished just in time for Christmas. So I am I'm now ready to put up my Christmas tree now that Christmas is only a week away. <laughs> <laughs> So you have you have um, one book um, that you know about about your don the you know the donkey that arrived in your doorstep and you've just you know created another one. I'm walking with Henry. Can you just um, tell our listeners a little bit about about the donkey that arrived and never left? 
<laughs> I know. I'm sure your listeners are like, did I hear you correctly when, when I heard the word donkey? Um, <laughs> I usually have to say, yes, donkey, not doggy. Um, uh, with the long ears and the deafening bray. Um, yes. So I um, live in Texas and um, we do see donkeys in pastures. Um, you know, as you drive through the countryside, um, and we do live out in the country, but, um, it, it was just a, kind of an extraordinary event that, um, that brought this stray donkey into my life that ended up being, um, such a catalyst for change. Um, but at the time, of course, I didn't recognize that this donkey could impact my life in any, you know, in any particular way, but, um, I just, I remember, uh, this was many years ago now, but my husband and I had, um, we had launched our dream business, which was doing art and design and creating murals, um, and custom finishes for people in the booming Dallas Fort Worth area here in Texas. And, um, and for several years, we just, we felt like we were really living the dream and doing that thing that we were really created to do. And everything was wonderful until uh, that great, the, what we call the Great Recession 2008, when um, banks were folding and uh, the housing market crashed. And um, we were are really, we, we had, I guess, a luxury type of business. And, um, and it was like somebody had just taken their hand and turned a spigot, turned the faucet off and the phone stopped ringing and the jobs uh, were fewer and further between. And we were just really between a, a rock and a hard place. And, um, and it, it's really, oh, I, I, it's hard to even describe the depth of despair that I felt at that at that time in my life, um, one particular night we were working late, um, we were up on ladders and trying to finish a, a, a mural for someone. And, and halfway through that project, we realized that the, the, um, money that we would make on that particular project was not going to meet our obligations, our financial obligations for the month. And the, um, just the depression and the despondency and the feeling of failure that descended over the two of us as we drove home that night, it was just, it was dark and it was cold. Um, and just, uh, I remember, uh, just leaning my head against the passenger window and, and uttering one of those prayers, you know, uh, the, the, those prayers, that it's just a sigh that comes from deep within. It's just like, Oh God, please, you know, please just do something. Um, I don't know if you've ever prayed one of those prayers, but oh, it's just, it's times. like, you don't even have words. It's just so, so deep. And, and I opened my eyes. We had turned onto our long dirt driveway out there in the country and my husband hit the brakes <laughs> and there was dust, you know, surrounding the car. And there in the headlights was this, was this stray shaggy beat up donkey eating grass right in the middle of, you know, tuft of grass in the middle of our driveway. <laughs> and and, uh, you know, I just had this thought of like, okay, I asked for something, some kind of miracle for God to do something, but this was not, 
this was not the answer to my prayer that I was expecting. I was, I was thinking maybe that I would win the lottery or that the publisher's clearinghouse people would show up on my doorstep with a big check, um, you know, something angels descending from on high um, and not a, not a donkey, certainly. But um, so we got out of the car that night and we proceeded to try to rescue this large, stubborn animal who did not want to be rescued um, we pushed and we pulled and we offered treats. We begged, we did everything to get him into our <laughs> pasture. We closed the gate on him and said, we can't wait to get rid of this guy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So that's how this uh, donkey showed up on our, on our doorstep. But um, I, I realized that now that the you know, the, the miracle that I asked for, um, arrived looking totally different than what I could have ever expected. Um, I was, I was expecting, a, um, some kind of miracle, but what I, what I really got was a story instead. And, and that story, um, just began as I began seeing my own myself reflected in this, um, stubborn donkey that, that did not want to be rescued, that didn't want to go along with the program, but yet had, such a gentleness, um, of spirit and, um, just, a uh, there was just something about him that drew me. And I, I began to see my own self reflected in his character and, um, and, and in a really amazing way, I began to learn how to put the pieces together to turn things around in my own, you know, in my personal life and my spiritual life. Um, and, um, that, that began a, a whole new journey into, um, writing and into art and, um, just un completely unexpected miracles, I guess I could say. Wow. And that is just, you know, it's such an incredible story. I, I remember you telling me that when we were working on our bios together, um, at, at the workshop that we met on and, um, just thinking, you know, but I, I also think, you know, there had to be something really magical in you because a lot of people might have just seen the donkey and not been able to see that reflection, um, not be able to see the miracles in, in that creature. Um, and so, you know, I think we were set, sent the, sent the right things at the right time. And, but we also have to be willing to learn the lessons. Mm. I think, I think that's right. I think, um, and, and I don't want to make it sound like I immediately recognized, oh, this is my miracle. Um, it was only, you know, several years in, I had been, uh, blogging online. I was a mommy blog blogger back in the day. And, um, and I, uh, shared with my readers about this donkey and <laughs> some of his, his antics he got, he got out, um, and fell in love with a, a horse next door. And there was an, there was a love affair. There was a, there was a baby. There was, I mean, so many things that, um, as I was sharing these things on my, on my blog and these little blog posts, and, and I got such a wonderful response from people that were reading my stories. Um, and I think that's when I started making the connection. I, I don't feel like there was a, I had a blinding light to 
kind of show me the way, but it was um, a series of connecting dots and um, doing the next thing and, and um, beginning to see that I could tell my, uh, my stories, which are really quite ordinary, but put into a, maybe a different setting or using these uh, donkey stories along with my own, they became something much more than, than what I could have imagined. Mm. Absolutely. And so what, what have you, you know, what have you learned about yourself through this whole process? Mm. Well, I, you know, I, I, I've always been a bit of a dreamer. I think um, I had my head in the clouds mm. <laughs> Um but yet I've always um, maybe doubted my own ability to make something good happen. And, um, and, and each, each step that I've taken, for example, into, um, into the art world, um, I, I didn't grow up in a family that, that was particularly artistic. Um, my, my parents loved words and would write, you know, make homemade cards and, and, Uh, tell stories and things. But as far as art was concerned, I never um, considered myself as uh, someone who was particularly creative or or artistic. In fact, I had um, an experience in my seventh or eighth grade, um, having an art, signing up for an art class at school and being so excited for that very first day. I just knew, you know, I, I really, really wanted to create and, and do something artistic. And and that very first day of class, um, we were asked to, um, look at a vase that was placed in the center of the room. And, and the class was in a big circle facing this vase. And we were given a piece of paper and a pencil and, and said, told to um, draw the vase without looking down at your paper, only look at the vase and draw. Mm-hmm. Well, all the other kids in the class completed theirs. They looked wonderful and they turned them in. And I was the last remaining kid in the class. I couldn't do it. And I was fighting back tears. I had tried many times. I just made a mess on my paper and went to go and um, talk to the teacher afterwards. And I know in my heart, I was, I was looking for some encouragement or, or some advice. And so I, I, I waited and I spoke to the teacher and, and I remember him looking over his glasses at me and he said, young lady, if you can't do this first assignment, you have no business being in this art class. And he told me to go drop it, <laughs> uh, withdraw from the class. And I was crushed, um, absolutely crushed. And so I never picked up a paintbrush or a pencil or, or did anything until I was well into my thirties. I had three children and was just looking for some kind of creative outlet, something to do. Money was tight. And I thought I could maybe make some Christmas gifts one year. And so I, I, I painted some birdhouses and some clay pots <laughs> for, uh, for Christmas gifts and just with one, um, one dip of the paintbrush into the paint, I just, I fell in love and I felt something inside me just come alive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that it, that's a kind of a long-winded story to be able to, to say that, um, you know, sometimes the next step seems so unclear until you just try something new and you just branch out and you say, okay, well, maybe I'll make some gifts this year. Maybe I'll just do something or take a class or, um, join a group or, 
uh, read a, a book that's outside of the genre that I normally like to do. And you bump into something that, that creates a spark within and, um, and then you just follow that spark and do the next thing. And so for me, those, those painted bird houses and, and those clay pots, um, became a way of, um, well, it solved a problem for my, for all the Christmas presents and then the birthday presents and the mother's day presents. And then the next year came around and, um, you know, I'd given all, all the gifts to everybody and, um, has still had things left over. And I, uh, so I put them into a, a little, uh, a boutique or a little flower shop and began to sell things one at a time. And so saying yes to one small thing and then saying yes to the next small thing, and then saying yes to the next small thing, um, what I guess what I've learned is that when you look back over all of those small things and those small steps that seem so insignificant at the time, you look back and you can, and you can see, oh my goodness, what a journey this has been. Look at the view from here. Look at how far you've come. And, um, and I guess that's, uh, the most exciting thing and the most encouraging thing is to, is to realize that when, even when you don't feel like you're making progress toward those dreams, um, when you do stop and look back, you can see, oh my goodness, you, you really have come so, so far. That is, that is so amazing and such amazing encouragement for people who might be listening to the podcast as well and thinking, you know, I'm not creative or I can't, um, I can't achieve my dreams and, you know, just to remember to just focus on those small little moments and slowly build up over time. Mm, I, I absolutely believe that. And I think um, one of the things uh, that, that appeal to me so much about um, this donkey, which, you know, he, uh, became, we called him flash and now he has a friend. We've adopted a friend for him named Henry. And, um, and the, the beautiful thing about donkeys is they're quiet and gentle spirit. Um, but, but also they are, they are made for the desert and for the drought and, um, for hard work and for service. And I've, I've looked at, at these animals and, you know, they're not flashy, they're not showy, they're not, they're not the fastest out of the gate. And yet, um, they, they plod forward and they just keep going and they just keep going and keep serving and keep, um, uh, being curious and charming and, um, and sweet and how, um, you know, we, we're so often just dazzled by the people that we think are the fastest and the brightest and the shiniest and flashiest. And, and yet maybe they have their moment in the sun, but if, if we can be like the donkey and just keep plodding forward, um, making those small steps toward our dreams, eventually we look back and we can see, um, you know, just how far we, we can, we can go by taking those small steps. Absolutely. And I love the message there, you know, what you've just said as well about, you know, just being authentically who you are. You know, I think sometimes we we think we have to almost feel pressured to strive to kind of be big and showy or that we think, you know, being empowered or living our true, you know, our authentic lives means that we have to kind of 
be something that we're not. And, you know, sometimes if we just, you know, tune into who we are, our own nature, and, you know, and just put one foot in front of the other, um, mm-hmm. that, that is often when we are living our our truest mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. and and living into our bliss as well, like it's as you you have discovered. That's that's beautiful. Well, I think I think slowing down a bit. Um, uh, I I just have this picture in my mind uh, about how we 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 do feel like uh, a donkey in the world that celebrates the racehorses, and uh, and we we feel like we're out there trying to compete on a racetrack that we were never meant to compete on. I mean, we, I'm not made for the racetrack. I'm, I'm a slow plotter and a thinker. I'm made for the mountain, um, trek (laughs) for the rocky spaces. And, and like you said, just embracing that true aspect of ourselves that isn't the flashy, isn't the showy, but, um, but takes the time to really appreciate the journey and, and the view from where you are and what you bring to the world. Uh, I think that's where the sweet spot is. So for me, I think, um, as a creative, uh, as someone who, um, I'm not a multitasker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I, I still don't know how I'd manage to raise three children. <laughs> I can't, you know, when I think back of like having to juggle all the things I'm like, I have no idea how they survived, but somehow they did. But, um, but doing, um, doing one thing at a time can be a strength. And, mm-hmm. um, and we live in a world that, that celebrates the multitaskers that, that celebrates the, the loudest and brightest and best and um, most extravagant. And and I do believe that there is a place, there's a beautiful place for the rest of us who, um, who take life on a little bit more slowly, um, who choose to savor the journey, who um, choose to look for where the lessons are in those unexpected places and um, I think there's a real beauty there that um, that I love to share. And I and and for me, I love um, what that has brought to allow me to meet people like you and to connect as we did. You know, here we were just thrown into this workshop, but immediately you and I just we looked at each other, shared our stories and we're like kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Who would think? Um, but, and yet I think that's, that's what, um, being authentic, showing your authentic self does. It opens you up to beautiful relationships and beautiful opportunities that, um, that are maybe not um, the most obvious, but they're, but they're there. If you um, take the time to seek them out and look for them. Oh, so beautiful. Absolutely. And yeah, um, I just, just love what you just said there. And, you know, because, yeah, I think if you are going so fast, if you are so busy all the time, you just, you, you, you lose those moments. You, um, they just pass you by and you, you miss the magic. You miss the beauty. Mm. Um, so for perhaps our listeners who are, you know, wanting to live that, you know, 
be more creative or just experiment with creativity or having more creativity in their life. Maybe they have had that sort of seventh grade teacher that says, you are a failure as an artist, never pick up a pencil or a paintbrush again. Um, (laughs) But they, they know that they want to do something more creative. What would be a good starting point for them? Oh, that is such a wonderful question. Um, I, I think that we all have voices in our head that, um, that tell us that we can't be creative or artistic. We're now able to see people's work on Instagram and Facebook and online. And, and of course, nothing we can do can compare with the professionals that put out beautiful work. So sometimes I have to shut down, uh, my social media feeds and my Pinterest, um, because that can, uh, I will often go looking for inspiration and then feel so defeated (laughs) that, uh, that I never end up doing anything, um, because I think it's, it's never going to be any good. So I would say that if a person, um, if, if someone listening has a, a, a desire to do something creative or, or, do something artistic, you just have a spark, but you don't know what to do. I would just say, start small and begin to change your mindset. Um, I think that we put uh, our creative and artistic desires, even if it's something like um, crocheting a scarf or uh, sewing something or drawing or doodling or journaling um, cooking something, baking a beautiful cake, um, things that, um, feel kind of selfish, like, well, we have so many other things to do that, that need tending to the laundry pile never gets done. There are dishes in the sink. There are bills to be paid. And so we put those creative endeavors off to the side. And then pretty soon you pile things on top of it. And then it's too hard to dig it out. Um, I still struggle with that and I'm a professional, I mean, I do this for a living. So, and I struggle with, um, putting, um, a priority on, on creating. So here's what I would say. Um, creating is something that is very, very good for your physical, emotional, and spiritual and mental well-being. When you create, you are creating new neural pathways in your brain that will allow you to be a more effective worker, a more uh, a, a better leader, a better parent, a better um, friend. So um, it is not just a selfish endeavor to uh, to do that creative thing that you love, but you are doing something that makes you a better. Uh, more intelligent, more empathetic person. And you can bring that um, into other aspects of your life. Cause really creativity is, is um, it's problem solving really uh, it it's problem. We, we think of art as its own thing, but it it's, it, it's really learning how to problem solve. Like what, what flower would look best in this garden? What plant would make this garden really look beautiful? Or what spice would make this soup delicious? Or what 
what color pillow would look best on this couch. You're solving a problem, but you're, it's a, it's a creative problem. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you, um, when you do, uh, do that artistic thing, maybe you have an idea that you might like to take a, uh, a painting class or a pottery class. Why not say yes to that and give yourself permission to make that a priority, to stop seeing that as a selfish endeavor that is eating into time that should be, and I use air quotes here, spent on something more important, but just move that to, uh, a, a, a more, um, important place in your life and see it as a gift and see it as something that is going to propel you forward into something beautiful and unexpected. And, uh, you never, never know where that saying yes to that one little spark is going to take you. Um, maybe 50 steps down the road, you will have a book in your future, or you will have a a class or an opportunity, or you meet someone that helps advance your professional career. You won't know that until you do that very first thing, which is to dip that paintbrush into the paint and paint a flower pot and paint a birdhouse. Um, (laughs) However simple that thing may be, it leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing. So I say to anybody that's listening is, is just do that thing with joy and with abandon and let yourself just, um, have fun, do it, doing that thing and don't feel guilty about it because it is, um, it's beautiful and important. It's a beautiful, important part of life. Oh, such wonderful advice. And yeah, I just, I just love that, you know, just take that first step. And I also love the, the advice that you gave about turning off all the distractions and the competition, you know, because yeah, I'm the same, you know, you can, um, so easily get caught up in everybody else's beautiful creations and then um yeah really use that as a way to stop yourself from even just taking their first step so such wonderful advice Rachel mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if you could go back to to that woman um who who was you know so feeling so despondent so depressed so in such a low place in her life before uh, before flash came into your life what 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 would you say to her today oh my goodness I think I would say don't be afraid (laughs) um there's so many uh things that we're fearful of and um we're fearful of change fearful of the unknown, fearful of who we will be if we let go of uh, the person that we are in, in this present moment, or, or if we let go of, of who others have expected us to be. Um, Sometimes we become comfortable with the pain that we're living in, or we, we even are comfortable with the failure and the depression, the despondency, you know, it's, of course we don't like it, but on the other side of it, if you let go and you give yourself permission to hope, um, and to not be afraid, uh, it opens up a whole, a whole new, um, oh, 
<laughs> a whole new set of, of unknowns. Right. And so I would, t- I would tell myself to not be afraid of, of what you don't know. Um, what you have, you have what you need for the next step. You may not have what you need for 50 steps down the road. And so we are trying to, we go, oh, I don't have what I need for 50 steps down the road. So I'm not going to take this first step. Um, And so that fear keeps us um, in inertia. It keeps us from, from doing uh, something that looks like, like an amateur did it. Listen, I still have, I wish I had brought it. I still have the very first thing that I ever painted. It was a, it was a little, uh, uh, tile, uh, like a little trivet that you w- would put underneath a hot, you know, pot or mm-hmm. something. Um, and, and we painted them in this little, in this little class soup, very simple. Um, but it looks like nothing. It, there's no way that you would look at that first thing that I ever painted and think, well, this person has uh, potential <laughs> <laughs> zero potential shown in that first item. Um, but I loved it and it was enjoyable and it felt good to just make something that, that I liked that, Mm. that, um, that I enjoyed. It was, it was a, it was a time that I could, um, get away from my children for an hour and (laughs) go to a class. Um, but that was enough. And I had enough to do that first step. And I, and I think, I think most people, um, kind of know what that first step should be or could be they have the materials the tools or the resources to take that first step and so you should just do that just do that that's very it's very simple you just do that first step you don't have to figure out step number 50 or step number 5 you just do the do the one step and then you do it again and then you do it again and see where it leads you and and you just did never you know. Did you find that you had to, in that letting go of who you were in that moment, that you had to let go of perhaps other people's expectations of you as well? Was some, mm. that some of the fear? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, boy, that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Um, we're, you know, we, we have expectations that we place on ourselves and we have expectations that we feel others have placed on us for what, what role we should, um, play in life. And, um, and you can stay there, um, but you don't grow if you, Mm -hmm. if you stay in those expectations. So when you choose to, um, do something new or explore a, a creative, activity, um, really what you're doing is you're saying yes to the possibility that you may grow and that you may change and you may, um, that may challenge how you see yourself and it may challenge how others see you. And that's okay. It may feel uncomfortable. Um, and it may, um, make you, uh, question some of the assumptions and the beliefs that you've had, up to this moment, but really what, what is, what is the harm in that? What is the, what is the worry? If, if something that you have hung on to is um, if it's time to let go of that, you just let go. If, if it's something that you have to work through and it's really difficult to let go of certain things, um, 
find some people that can just help you and encourage you along the way, like your, like your podcast does to, to just say yes to, um, to growth and yes to hope. Yes to possibility. Um, you don't need a lot of, of hope and possibility. You just need a tiny little bit. That's enough. You just get enough light for the next step and, and you just do that and then see what happens. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. Um, if there, if people want to read your book um, or find out about your, the, the coaching you do for creatives, um, how can they connect with you, Rachel? Oh, sure. It's so, so easy. Um, you can find me online at rachelannridge.com. Um, it's R-A-C-H-E-L-A-N-N-E, R-I-D-G.com. Um, and, uh, and then from there, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, it, it, Rachel and Ridge will work on any of those. And of course, Flash and Henry have their own Instagram account. So you can find my cute donkeys on there and they share a bit of their own wisdom from the pasture, which is fun. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. And I will um, pop all those links in um, on the show notes of this, this particular episode. So oh. listeners, if you, if you want, if you want to go and um, connect with Rachel and just, um, you know, all her amazing work, um, then you can, you can go and do that there. Um, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your time. Um, I wish you and um, your family a really amazing, beautiful Christmas and, um, and a really um, prosperous new year. Thank you to you too. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains podcast with Tanya Valentin and my special guest, Rachel Ann Rich. To get a full transcription of this episode, as well as to connect with Rachel, please check the links in the show notes.